Hello, sexy nerds of the Nerd Imperium. Welcome to this week's episode of the Currently Nerdy Podcast. We are your inner conclave of nerd, and my name is Diz, and I'm your pop culture and sports nerd. Ali? Hi, I'm Ali, your classic nerd. And I'm your comic nerd. I'm Thursday as hell. Jimmy Drew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I uh, I move stores, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm back in an old store, yeah. and I work with like a hardcore, like, fucking trumpet. Right, a little Trumpkin. Trumpkin. Okay, I was gonna say trumpet is a news culture. Okay, Trumpkin. Sorry, <laughs> Trump puppet. Trumpkin. No, no, Trump. Okay, yeah, whatever. Okay. Anyways, this kid, he's like, he's super hardline right, right, which is funny to me because he has a Deathly Hallows tattoo on his arm. There's a weird um, contingent because they all grew up in our generation. Yeah. So there's like there. There's a bunch of like Harry Potter people who are like right wingers. Pro Voldemort, but they're, they're not pro Voldemort. But like in their minds, like they can't understand. They don't understand the metaphors. Yeah. They're not like for them. It's like, oh man, fucking love Harry Potter. But then they're also like, MAGA. Like no, no, you clearly are not understanding. This is a very, this is a very liberal story. Yeah, I told them I'm like, you got the wrong tattoo on your arm. If you wanted to get a tattoo on your forearm, you should have got a Death Eater tattoo on your forearm because that suits that's, you better. Yeah, what right? say? And he just laughed at me, called me an asshole. He said, eh. Voldemort was bald. I'm bald. I guess I could like him. Yeah, it's, it's thing. Bald people, bad people. That's uh, you know, that that type of superficial kind of connection is really part no. and parcel of, yeah. of of like right wing thinking. Though, but technically, there is like, there is a lot of because I, mean, I know a cup. I know a bunch of like right wingers that are also super Harry Potter fans, mm-hmm. and that's because I think there's a couple of things that play around. One for them, politics is not as important by which yeah. i mean it's not life or death yeah, yeah. right for them they're they are the way that they are because they grew up that way their family is that way and it's part of their this kind of broader supra identity whiteness mm. right yeah but like for the rest of us for those of us that have like stakes involved voting for trump that's that's lethal right yeah. like mm. kids are in cages people have died uh-huh. this is literally cases of widespread sexual assault and detention camps yep. at at the border like this isn't yeah. this isn't just like a casual like oh i happen to like trump right yeah. so i think that there's that role is that politics is not as mm-hmm. important it's not that it's not important to them but it's not life and death yeah, yeah. that's the privilege right? it's reactionary yeah. it's much more they're responding oh, no, he's, to society he's, he's very like open like right wing bernie's gonna destroy this country aoc's gonna destroy well that's it. that's reaction that's what reactionary means yeah no, but like, yeah, they, they they're responding to something. It's like they don't actually believe or stand. Whereas, like, people on the left generally have a set of principles that they believe in. He called right? me a murder apologist. Whereas, whereas, what for yeah. what he said for because, abortion? Yeah, for abortion. Oh, okay, that's he right. said you, you support the murder of a million babies every year. I'm like, what? The fuck are you talking about? Yeah, the right has done a really good job of branding, but then we becoming can, one brand, you know, one kind of issue. We convinced them. That if he's anti-abortion, he has to be anti-birth control as a whole. You can't like, be anti-birth control. You should be anti-masturbation. No, he's... he's yeah. Millions! Exactly. He kills millions every time he, he jacks says, up. He says it's different because he said the, the sperm and the egg haven't connected. So it's not conception. Oh, so it's not conception. So, uh, so conception but, only starts when the... But then what, what, what about, what about like in vitro fertilization? Is that conception? I don't know, man. He's... He, we, we got him to... Like... Because at first he's like, yeah, I support the birth control pill. And then we're like, well, you know what the birth control pill actually does? He's like, uh, no. <laughs> and we told him, like, it, it tricks, like, the, the, the fucking egg and the sperm that are, like, conceived already, yeah. into thinking that there's already an egg. And he's like, oh, and then, then in that case, then I'm against it. So is it only condoms only? I'm like, so are you going to tell your girlfriend to get off it? 
He's like, yeah, I'll, I'll tell her to get off it. <laughs> yeah, no, he's like, bullshit. <laughs> these issues, these issues never matter. But there was a win for me. That? We've changed our bathrooms to gender-neutral bathrooms. I assumed the bathrooms were gender-neutral anyways because I, I used to use the women's bathroom all the time. Yes. <laughs> you assumed it, but no, I, that was that was me being facetious. I didn't assume that the bathrooms were gender neutral. They weren't. Yeah, they weren't. women are. I just yeah. went into the women's bathroom all the time because it was the cleanest bathroom. Yeah. I didn't want to follow fucking jazz knock into the boys' bathroom. Oh, the, 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 yeah, I'm sorry. I love you, dude, but that yeah, was man. no. That yeah, was no. They changed it so now it says all gender restroom. Mm. He was so upset because I, I made him believe it was my idea. Because the ops person came in and Look, told me they I don't were understand it. what his issue is because it's not it's know. not a public bathroom. I know, but he's, it's still got him upset. Because it's, it's got it's a bathroom with a lock on it. Well, no, he got upset because I told him that I emailed our director and I asked for this the day before it happened. The ops person told me it was happening, so like I made it a deal to like, well, you know what. I'm emailing our director. I'm tired of seeing men and women on the bathroom. It should be gender neutral. And he's like, Diz, why? I'm like, because it needs to. You just convinced him that you're a snowflake libtard. You didn't, you didn't like, that's not a win. No, I lived up to his expectations. And then of I what? sent him a text saying, smells like victory. And he texted me back, him shooting himself in the head. Yeah, but I don't understand the objection is that those bathrooms are private bathrooms oh, yeah. that have locks on them. They're, it's not like, they're already yeah. inherently yeah. gender yeah, neutral. Like there's no, yeah. Is there urinals in them? No. No. Exactly. So they're already, there's yeah, no, the fuck difference but It still bothered him. And that's, but I, 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 I always used the when I back in the day when I worked at this company. I go to whichever one was open. I yeah. always no, I only went to the women's bathroom because one, the light was brighter, so if I had to fix my tie, it was always in there first, right. and it was also it smelled. I never actually used the bathroom for anything okay. other than cleaning yourself, other than fixing my tie and occasionally peeing. Uh, so. Yeah. I mean, I, I've done that before in like in the, some of the restaurants that I work, even if they were like single bathrooms. Mm. But in order to protect myself, your virtue. You know, once I left, right, I always had like a towel and like a spray bottle, so they would just assume I was cleaning the bathroom as opposed to using <laughs> it. Yeah. So <laughs> if you, I happen to walk out of the women's bathroom while they were like walking to use it. <laughs> You <laughs> went out of the way to convince people. I didn't use it. I was yeah. here cleaning. Exactly. Shameless. Shame. <laughs> what were you gonna ask? You were gonna ask something. I was gonna ask anything. Yeah. Oh, I was gonna ask if you peed sitting down. Out of respect. Out of respect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, if you're using their bathroom, you might as well pee sitting down. Out of, out of respect. You know, they're getting no fucking pee in their toilet seat. <laughs> At least lift the seat up. V, did you pee sitting down when you went to the? This no, is but I had a towel and a spray thing with me. I would clean the. I would clean it when I left. <laughs> this is, this is gross See, as hell. You're the more respectable one. V just peed everywhere. He's like I'll clean it. this conversation is entirely. Entirely out of control. Yeah, I cleaned the bathroom after I used it. Yeah, fucking janitorial V over here. I like it. Whatever. I've never cleaned the bathroom. That's a job. I don't think. No, you never cleaned your bathroom. Did you guys? Do you guys have to do it? No, not really. No, we don't. We have a cleaning staff that comes in. Poor working class V over here cleaning. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a a very rich company. That's why. You clean the bathroom because you wanted to pretend like you were cleaning it. Yeah, no, don't, 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 don't act oh, like you were, you were I could have not cleaned the bathroom. <laughs> you didn't clean it. You just no, had the illusion v, of v was cleaning, and because he was cleaning, he felt that he was entitled to use what he was cleaning. That's Absolutely, what I'm, that's yeah. what I'm assuming is the logic well, listen, man, If, if you, I'm here, yeah. might as well. If you're going to make a bed, then you should have slept in it. Uh. So he cleans, and then he's like, I'm going to pee here because no, no, no. I cleaned he it. He peed first, then clean. <laughs> Whatever. Of course, I'm not going to clean. But he went in there with the intention. 
A semen. peeing. No. A peeing and cleaning. It's a it's a mutually beneficial. That's true. It's a symbiotic relationship. It's a symbiotic. When he, whenever he. The fuck are you? W- fucking venom. Whenever <laughs> he had to pee, he felt like he had to clean. And whenever he felt like he had to clean. He happened to pee. Yeah. He really felt like having to clean if he went in the women's restaurant. No, it was a Pavlovian response. Every time he grabbed the towel, he's like, oh, shit, I gotta pee yeah, now. Yeah, I really gotta pee. <laughs> and, you know, for me... So happens like, now. If you toss him a towel, he's gonna run for the bathroom. That was the uh, that was the height of when I was watching Dexter. So I almost felt like I was trying to clean fingerprints off of a crime scene or something. Crime scene? What, what exactly fuck? happened in that yeah, bathroom? Yeah, what happened in that bathroom? I just imagine I made a game out of it. What the fuck is this yeah. guy on, bro? What kind of weird-ass shit do you do, bro? You're fucking trippy. This uh, is a perfect segue, talking about toilets and penises mm. and shit shows. Oh yeah, <laughs> to talk yeah. about Game of Thrones. Subtle yeah. shade, subtle shade. So episode two, we all watched it. Dos. Yeah, we promised quick responses for our audience. Haven't been following through exactly. You know, but we are still going to talk about it. Yes. Nevertheless. Mm-hmm. So by the time you hear this, episode three is probably up. Yeah. But listen to us first. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Thoughts? Episode 2. Recap. In case you forgot what happened because you've already watched 3. It was basically everyone got together and hugged it out. Yeah, they came together. They sang a song. Everyone is finally where they need to be. No one's moving. Arya got laid. Uh, Yeah, Arya got laid. Very uncomfortable. That like, was weird. At the Google like, age. You know, some people have pointed that out. It's like, we've watched a murder countless people that's fine yeah. chop people up and put them in pies but the second she's she's getting dicked down well it's because i didn't know how old she was suddenly everyone's all comfortable i think it's also that thing where it's all you almost look at her as like a little sister because she grows up i can see i mean we grew yeah, up kind of yeah, with her right yeah, she, we yeah. saw her from a very young age so i could see why it'd be uncomfortable but also it's like that's just character yeah i know you know the one thing is is i it, it, i have no issue with it do you do your thing, right? You say dick down. I just did. It took you a little bit. I was using. I waited because I, I, I wait a second. I learned that from Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> so I learned that from Twitter. I think I saw Ali write it down on a notepad. Yeah. I was so it's confused. Who's like, later? Who's this later? Remember, you remember how like Ric Flair would get punched and then he'd fall down like ten seconds later? Yeah, that's like, what like, walking and fall on his face. That's what just happened yeah. right now. Yeah. yeah, I'm. I was surprised you didn't notice it earlier. I, that's why I used it. I was like, fucking delayed reactions. I was waiting for you to say something. So. I can understand the kind of the, the tensions there, but part of me, I'm okay with it. But it is what it is, right? Uh-huh. But f- um, I think for me, one of the, the things was that I like that Arya was the least sexualized character. Right? Yeah, it was like, yeah, yeah. There's one woman that you didn't sexualize. It was nice, right? right? That you could. She was. She stood on her own merits. That sex wasn't used either to for her character development or as a prop. Mm-hmm. I mean, we saw that with Sansa very clearly. She was literally made into a prop yeah. uh, for Theon's. Uh, kind of character arc and to demonstrate Ramsay's cruelty mm-hmm. whereas with Arya it was nice that she had a, her, she was the one kind of female character that had full agency that was outside sex yeah. and even in this episode we saw Cersei hooking up with Euron yeah. right mm-hmm. so hopefully spoiler alert right <laughs> at this point yeah, at this point you've watched it right uh she's hooking up with your own but again there's like oh she's using her sex for power right like it would be nice again to have so i had mixed bag i'm one hand like good for you you know you're a grown woman yeah get it in about to die yeah. do your thing yeah get your nut out and they've been they've been they've been hinting at Arya and gendry for a while yeah right so okay great but there's another part that's also like this game i mean this show over over sexualizes Everyone? and uses sex a lot mm-hmm. to titillate it's unnecessary it really well, is yeah, it is bit. it is but i mean you know yeah it's better than what happened to sansa 
Yeah, like Zod's and Theon was really awkward. Yeah. Yeah. I think what they could have done, actually, I mean, because it would have saved them that five minutes or whatever to actually cover a little bit more ground, is rather than doing that whole part where she takes her shirt off and the whole thing, it literally they could start it and then ended it with them being in the bed and then the implication of them. Yeah, they didn't right? need to include any nudity. Yeah, and then they could have yeah. taken that extra time and actually moved the story forward more, yeah. right? Yeah, like, that that wasn't, like that There wasn't like real nudity. Yeah, Semi nude. But again, it is what it is. It I, don't I don't care. That's what it was meant to be, though. It was the tickle. It was yeah. like, you know, yeah. she, I mean, she's killed hundreds of people. Yeah. This is. Yeah. I mean, our object, we get queasy when people are having sex, but not I queasy, wasn't queasy when people are chopping people up and put them in pies. I thought she was. This, like this was this is a very common British complaint about Americans. Like, yeah. See a tit, and Americans just lose their shit. But shoot hundreds of people. That's a Friday That's night. That's an American way, my friend. Look, man, I just had to Google how old she was. I just like I was like, I gotta make sure that it's okay to watch it's this. The, it's called the anime experience, right? Yeah. It's like everyone in anime yeah. is either looks really really young. Or is really really young. Yeah, yeah. So there's like these characters. I don't know what they're called, but they're like young characters. They look young, mm-hmm. but they're actually like hundreds of years old. Yeah, sure. oh, but they're yeah, deliberately yeah. made to look young, so they kind of play to the to the the. The, I don't know what you would call yeah, it. The perverse the, fantasies those, uh, of, of anime. Like, succubus. Right? It's like, on one hand, yeah. it's like the, the perverse, like, oh, she's really young. It's that teen thing. But then, oh, she's technically legal. But then there's other characters that are literally in these very highly sexualized positions in anime, but are like. 13. Yeah, yeah no, oh, so that's yeah, weird. Lolita loving. Yeah, oh, that's what it was, right? So, like, yeah. there's a lot of, there's a lot of, like, there's a lot of, like, that, and, and, so there was a bit of this, like, you gotta, yeah. you gotta look yeah. up people's ages. Yeah. How old is you, Maisie? You gotta, what's yeah. going on here? Yeah. Maisie, you old enough for me to be watching this, or should I close my eyes? <laughs> HBO wouldn't have done it. Yeah, like, an inside thing. Like, so they, just, they just released, uh, what is it, Finding Neverland or whatever. They're not gonna do that to Arya. Yeah, I don't know. Um, and anyway, I like the where everyone was just chilling by the campfire. Kind of yeah, by the fireplace. <laughs> yeah, no, but the campfire like, is outside. I know, but I like the campfire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sounds nice. That is like a weird. I feel like that's in a lot of movies. It's like the the calm before the storm, yeah. before the big night, right. right? And they definitely did that. That's a kind of a trope there too. Yeah. Well, this was a uh, I would a fan service yeah episode, right? It was about getting the fans, reinvesting them emotionally in a lot of characters. It all took place in Winterfell. Too. It all took place in Winterfell. Because if you're going to have a big battle, yeah. you need to remind people of the stakes. Yeah. Who you liked, who's been redeemed. Some of them motherfuckers going yeah. to die. Who's, yeah. Who you liked, who's been redeemed. you got to remind them of the emotional stakes. And then most importantly of all, right, you've got to, you got to set it up so that it hurts. That's true. And then finally give people arcs. Like you br- yeah. end. You bring up that redemption thing. And it got it got me to thinking. <clears throat> There's been very few canon characters that have had the redemption of one Theon Reek Greyjoy. All right, old Dickless Greyjoy. Yep. Right. At first, when you see Theon, you're just kind of like whatever about him. You don't really mm. give two shits. Right? He's just some fucking random background. Well, not a background, but he's just some. Random he's annoying. Character. You know, he's, yeah, he's just whatever. He's just fucking there. He's always fucking with John. All right, and then you know. You hate him because he fucking betrays Rob, right? Yep. Then you feel bad for him because he gets his little dick chopped off. Oh. I don't feel bad for him. Yeah, no. He he got was told- that was him paying for his past crimes. Okay, the first time when he gets his dick chopped off, you're like, ah, good. He deserved it. And then he starts getting tortured and shit. Then you start feeling bad for him. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Normal people felt bad for Theon. You two fucking soulless pieces of shit didn't. I was right? queasy by the torture, but not specifically because it was Theon. <laughs> yeah. 
So you two have no conscience, so it's okay. I understand this, all right? Like you can fucking got very angry yeah. that we didn't agree with. I'll you. tell you, he was in a better position. than A lot of people, right? Mm. There was that kid named Dickon, and he's dead. Theon mm. doesn't have a dick on, and he's still alive. That's true. Shut up, V. <laughs> Anyways, so you go from feeling bad for him, then you fucking feel like like this guy's a little pussy cake, right? Like. A puss cake. I don't want to just use the word you, pussy. Like, what is this? I don't know, what's man. What's, be, what's happening here? Not... What's happening here? Well, he ended up being a little bitch, and he gave up his fucking sister and ran away, and he like, fuck, Theon's a little pussy-ass bitch again. Jesus right? Christ. Well, he did it. I mean, he did it first to Sansa, right? Remember, he uh, screwed over... Uh, I thought he saved Sansa. Well, first he screwed over, remember? Yeah. He was supposed to put the candle in the oh, yeah. window, and he went and told yeah. Ramsay. Yeah. So Ramsay went and skinned the old lady. That's right. And then he ended up and then, then he saved her. Yeah. Well, he's still he's a, been a fucking roller coaster. Yeah. And now... Then he wisses out again. Yeah. After all that... I mean, this is an example of really bad writing, in my opinion, by the way. Shut up, man. I like it. He came no, back, it's pretty he bad. saves Yara. He goes, he goes, he joins, he's redeemed himself with Sansa. He goes and joins Yara. You're like, all right, he's finally getting redeemed. Uh-oh. He ditches her again. Yeah. Then he goes and saves Yara again. <laughs> he goes and saves, he's, now he's going to abandon Bran. Yeah. Nah, <laughs> he's no, a real piece of shit. Now he one, says, yeah. I will protect... He came back... When he when he said that he wants to fight for Winterfell and Sansa hugged him, tugged at the heart. There was it was a nice reunion. This is her surrogate brother she grew up with. Yeah. They had a reunion. It was nice. I'm not so sure I'm on board with the. I'm Team Theon. I'm not on yeah. board with Theon. I would have done Dickless. the same thing as Sansa. But I would have strangled. I would have never. Tr- I would never trust him to guard Bran. Never. Yeah. No. He's he, proved- he was tasked with killing Bran in the first place. Not only that, but he not abandoned not his sister. If he abandoned Bran. his sister. He's unworthy. Yeah. He's untrustworthy. I just his wouldn't. His sister abandoned the Also, cause. he's guarding him with Ironborn. Not the most reliable group in Winterfell. They betrayed him once. They've raided Marad. They're not exactly known for bravery. Ah, uh, pirates, you know. What is right. that? Was it the Ironborn when they were uh, when they had taken the castle and they're like, you can either give up and we'll let you all live. And then they knock him out? That's the have... Ironborn. Oh, that is Ironborn. That's okay. what I said. The Ironborn betrayed him. The Ironborn are not reliable Fighters, because they're pirates, they're marauders. Yeah. So I would never trust Theon and the Ironborn to guard probably one of the most important characters in the entire series. The guy who can know, who knows what the White Walkers are doing, what they're up to, all of that. Leave little Reek alone. All right. He's trying to redeem himself. You two motherfuckers. On don't the like other hand, stories. on the other hand, we've had. I mentioned this before. We had a real dumbing down of. Tyrion over oh, the yeah, years. For sure. In fact, in particular, we saw this past episode really highlighted that. Yeah, they made it a point to be like, "You've made all these mistakes." Oh, yeah. step! I mean, and I'm I'm, I'm going to say it. I'm going to come off as a book purist here, and I'm not. But I'm going to say it. this is this is show writing, mm-hmm. really bad show writing. When the books, when they had some direction, when they were, ad- and I said a student said this to me once, right? They're good adapters, right? Mm-hmm. When they were adapting, they were doing an all right job. But now that they're headed in their own direction, that Theon storyline just does not make sense unless the they're Tyrion. Uh, Tyrion. It doesn't make any sense unless they are setting up this whole betrayal thing. But even the betrayal thing doesn't quite make sense for show Tyrion, yeah. who is very noble, mm-hmm. practical, but noble. Yeah. Right? It doesn't. It doesn't make it. It just. You're just kind of going. What is going on here? Why? And if he's really that dumbed down, then he was never that smart to begin with. Because everybody could see that Cersei was lying to him. Yeah. Everybody could see it. Sansa could see it. Every. And then of course, Jaime shows up without his army. Also, never quite explained why he doesn't have his army. Mm-hmm. He's the Lord of Casterly Rock. Yeah. 
There's nothing that Cersei can do that could strip him of his army unless she gives out a massive proclamation going, I strip him of lands and titles, but she hasn't done that. Yeah. He rem- I mean, we've seen time and time again on this show that kings don't command the loyalty of armies. The lords do. The lords do. Yeah. And it's the lords that have to remain loyal to the king. That otherwise, Robert's Rebellion would never have happened. Rob's Rebellion. Rob's Rebellion would never have happened. We've seen multiple times, even even right before Rob's Rebellion started, the Lannisters were loyal to, Tyr- to Tywin. The yeah. king was off doing his own thing, and there was a war going on. Yeah. Right? That this is a common occurrence. So why on earth wouldn't he send a raven to forces? Meet me at Winterfell. Right, mm-hmm. or gather the troops that he had in the in the keep. Yeah, there's no, there's literally no reason for him to march to Winterfell alone. He's going to make no difference in the world by himself. But if he could bring a fucking army with him, I don't understand. This is one of those. It's really bad writing on the behalf of the show that you're just like. I don't ex- understand why this is. The way that it is. These fucking white dudes think they could save the world always, burst by themselves. I guess. I guess that is what it is. Predictions I made mostly came true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. That was very good. Yeah, you predicted that Thorman drank some giant. I didn't predict that. That came out of nowhere. The Thorman titty milk. I, but we tweeted out yeah. the lover of the big woman. Yeah. Uh, fucker of bears, mm. kissed by fire, drinker of giant titty milk. Yes. That was that. <laughs> That's that was one of those stories. Like it got worse as it you went know along. Why they call me giants? Yeah, like because I knew it was like, oh, oh, here it comes. He's that guy at the bar, you know. Yeah. He's always telling stories. He go, oh, here he goes. He talks about he killed a giant. And I go, oh, shit. And then he goes, I climbed into bed with his woman. And he's like, oh, fuck. And he's like, she suckled me for a weekend. Wait. <laughs> it kept turning. Like, you know, yeah, like yeah. some stories have a hard right turn. Yeah. His was just all hard right turns. Yeah, we made it one big square. You're just like, oh, no. <laughs> like, there's escalation. And then there's just a, like, just straight up yeah. shooting a rocket. And that's what he did. And that's why I'm so strong. <laughs> that's why we love Torment. Oh, my oh, eyeing. Also, can we just say... I'm here for his, like, unbridled support. I love that he's, like, unabashedly, I mean, unashamedly he's, yeah. supportive. He's the reason why she got knighted. He's like, you you're know, not like, you're not knighted? Yeah. I'd knight you ten times over. <laughs> and then, like, Jamie's like, oh, you don't have to be a king. A knight can do it. And then you see he's just he's like so fully supporting her. It's kind of nice, right? He's, it's a, it's yeah, a, he just he's there to the, give her all the love. Torment the feminist, they yeah. called him. Good old blue-eyed Torment. I loved it. You know? <laughs> Unashamedly, he's like, yep, this is it. He fucking but does I, commercials I pre- for Wyndham Hotels. And he does. <laughs> I, uh, I, did, I did predict... Brienne would be knighted. Yes. Yeah. I only knew that because they kept they've repeated it over and over again. I'm not a knight prod. I'm not a knight. I'm yeah, not yeah. a knight. Right. Oh, they keep this, lady right. So I knew that was coming. I didn't know it was going to be Jamie. I said it was going to be have to be Jamie or Danny. I leaned towards Danny only because she's the monarch. Uh-huh. I didn't know that knights could knight knights. Well, no one did until Jamie. Yeah. Said it, so, I was just yeah. around. I thought the only reason I said Jamie was I thought that maybe right before they died. Yeah. He was going to do this thing, I knight you. And it was just like a symbolic gesture, not like, oh, she really is a knight now. Mm-hmm. But they did the whole thing. So that threw me for a loop. I just kind of threw it in there. That I predicted Brand's Mark would be a thing. Mm-hmm. I didn't know if it was this episode or the next episode that it was going to show up. But I knew that that played a factor. There's no way yeah. that was just for the cave. For sure. Right? Yeah, does it make sense? 
I thought it was either going to play a role in the, why the wall came down or was going to explain how he's, he's able to follow. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I, I knew it was going to play some type of role there. Now, I feel like you uh, you seem to hone in more on kind of the tropes of TV and writing more yeah. so than a lot of people do. And I, I felt like in this situation, it's like they're... Uh, uh, we were talking about this before, but like every every like every medieval fantasy movie in the yeah. modern history has had this like Helm's Deep quality to it. Yeah. It's like the the bunker hunker down fortress yeah. fight, you know. And, I feel and like it's not just the medieval ones yeah, that like, do this. You'll see this a lot of World War Two kind of reenactments do that. Oh, it's yeah? it's mm-hmm. this kind of emotional, which I mean, again, the, the World War Two reenactments are play up to the medieval tropes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's um, you know, I guess I I loved Helm's Deep, and I I think these. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this style of thing is always interesting. Battle of the Bastards was another one. Well, they Battle of the did, Bastard like, is Helm's Deep without a castle. Yeah, right. That's true, it's the yeah. same thing, right? They you you charge against a much what kind of a mindless enemy. Then you're about it's a small group facing it, and then you get saved last minute by sweeping cavalry, right? Yeah, yeah it was there's almost literally again of look yeah. to the east, right? I know, yeah, I mean, it's literally, and then, but this yeah, time it was right the right Knights of the Vale. Yeah, right? it was Knights of the Vale. He, I think you really see. I think the Helm's Deep one is because Helm Deep was so iconic. Of, of a scene I mean, that, so cool. yeah, that yeah. you see it over and over again. So that became really kind of the template for a lot of medieval re- reenactments and stories. But also because the person who did Helm's Deep is behind the Battle of the Bastards oh, I didn't and know will that, be no. behind the Battle, Battle of Winterfell. Yeah. So it's uh, the same kind of, I think it's the same director or same, yeah, yeah. He, I think he was a, it wasn't a director of Chor- Helm's Deep. Choreographer? But he was a choreographer. He was something there. Okay, yeah, so yeah. he's bringing it over. So there's also there's a literal connection there. Oh, okay. Well, I, I didn't know that, but yeah. I guess that makes sense. It plays on a lot of, like, it, it plays on the emotions really well for it battle, does. you know? Though like, I'll say that of all the battles, Lord of the Rings, Battle of the uh, fields of the oh, Pelennor Fields yeah. is by far the most emotional and remains, in my opinion. Is that the one where he kicks the helmet? No, the, the Fields of Pelennor is in Return of the King yeah. when Gondor's being attacked and right at Gondor's weakest, you hear the horn yeah. and everyone turns and they see the Rohirrim. Uh, yeah, and then the, uh, Theoden gives this phenomenal speech: "Shields will be broken, right? Yeah. Spears, Sword day, red day." Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they're shouting, "Death!" That's yeah. really cool. It's like, "Death!" That is the best. Have, the Lord of the Rings. We, yeah. we don't need to get a Lord of the Rings, but that is the best scene. Yeah, Lord and then, the then they charge. That, it's just the, the way it swells and the music. It's yeah. in my opinion opinion will remain the greatest battle scene of all time yeah, it's like the crescendo man. yeah you, know, you just like, yeah. you feel it and it's a moment where where you are the row here i don't ever sympathize with knights and warriors and whatnot i'm barbaric uncouth <laughs> metal swinging idiots right <laughs> but even that moment of that, i would jump on a horse and yeah, ride into battle burning chicken feet to like cast spells yeah. on people and stuff in the and castle I, I, if i'm going to kill someone it's going to be a sophisticated curse from miles away <laughs> Yeah, fair smart. Don't get your smart. hands dirty. Yeah, yeah. Actual literal blood on yeah, your yeah. hands dirty with like goat testicles yeah. and whatever. They're you don't mind metaphoric blood on your hands. It's yeah. the literal how to wash this off. So what I was, me and my brother were talking the other day about this episode, right? And I mean, for all intents and purposes, it was another kind of boring episode, in my opinion, right? It was another setup. It was another one, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it was nice to have every people who haven't seen each other since the first season or whatever else, or you know, they're finally all getting together. They're tying up the loose ends. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. But we were talking about how. Interesting would it be if untying loose ends and Gin and Gendry and Arya's cases? Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. It's a sex joke. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> oh. Go ahead, for, carry on. Thanks for clarifying. Yeah, um, I know. How interesting would it be, like, if the White Walkers didn't actually march on Winterfell and they 
bypassed it and they were actually marching south. Yeah, yeah, this is good. And it would end up causing the armies of Winterfell to chase the White Walkers south. Well, Winterfell's a little bit in the way. Yeah, yeah. Like, you don't have a choice but kind of do. But there is, like, they could technically... It's pretty wide enough field that they could. And I think one of the problems with this is, like... And you're hitting on something important. It's like it's becoming a little predictable, yeah. right? Because they've moved away from George R. R. Martin, they're doing a lot. Of, they're falling back on the classic tropes of fantasy, yeah, yeah. right? And yeah, maybe they'll throw in a couple surprises here and there because that's what they do, yeah, right? But the skeleton they, of it's going to be yeah, the same. They, they, right? they yeah. like they set up a shock. Like, Here's our shock, and then they work around it. The work around the shock, however, tends to be very formulaic. But that'd be kind of interesting, right? What if it isn't? This battle for the Winterfell isn't them fighting against the White Walkers. I've predicted, by the way, that it's actually the Golden Company is going to make a surprise appearance during this battle. Yeah. And they may end up trying to attack Winterfell or something like that. Because that plays up to George R. R. Martin's theme that the bad guys have always been people. Yeah. Mm. That even in the face of overwhelming, like, it's it's in some degrees a climate change metaphor, right? It's like, yeah. you're going to die, get your shit together, and we still can't get our shit together. Yeah, There's yeah. still people like, climate change isn't real, or how yeah. much was it cost, right? Like, That's a hoax you're, for the you're facing existential crisis here mm-hmm. <laughs> like do not understand that all this other stuff is petty and in many ways game of thrones is really on the nose with that it's like i would have I, I had the sneaking suspicion i hope if i was writing this this is what i do so this is my prediction is that the golden company would show up now if we tie our two themes together golden company shows up they have to fucking fight the golden company and the meanwhile the white walkers they, the piece, they decide just go, to go down south to king's landing yeah. how great would that be that they protect they're ready for this battle and then they end up fighting the humans and then like well fuck now we they've wiped out half the country yeah what do we do we have to march down to king's landing and fight them i love the idea also because up until this point they've really They've kind of marketed the White Walkers or the De- Army of the Dead as literally a mindless horde. Yeah, fight, really right? bad. But what if they do like the Night King's actually like a master tactician also? Yeah. Like there's actual like tactical battles well, see, going on. I, right? I predicted one of my theories was this isn't a prediction, this is a theory, was that the White Walker was a and I was gonna we were gonna do a video about this, and maybe we will. Uh it may be a bit late. But the the theory is that the White Walker is a work. Yeah. That he was originally a human warg like Bran is. That he had the capacity. The Night's King? Yeah? The Night's King. Okay. That's what I said. You said the White Walker. Oh, okay. The Night's King was originally a warg, but a specific type, the type that Bran is, that is able to warg into humans. Because they mentioned that Bran is very rare. He was able to take over a Hordor. Yeah. What if they made him into a White Walker, and the White Walkers aren't resurrecting people, they're warging into the bodies. Uh, now, yeah, yeah. they've already set this up a couple ways. First, when they ki- in, the, in the last season, they killed one of the White Walkers. What happened? All yeah. the other dead. All the ones yeah. fell, right? And they, keep, they mention it again. We kill the Night's King. It ends. So what if he's a warg? Two, there's already hints that he's a green seer. He sees Bran when Bran's in the vision. Mm-hmm. He's able to look at the crows and scatter Bran. Then he somehow was in the right place at the right time to get a dragon. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now, here's the thing. At any point, he could have known that the ice was frozen over. At any point, he could have thrown a spear at the people on that little island. But he waited. waited. He waited. Dragon shows up and he kills a dragon. He gets a dragon. He's literally at the right place. So I thought that he was a green seer slash warg, right? That would have been cool. In that instance, that would explain why he's doing what he's doing. He has a vision of the future. He's planning... Every one step ahead of everyone else. 
that would have been a really cool enemy. Yeah. That he's not this mindless evil horde, but he's got a purpose. He's yeah. got a goal, right? What if it, he's responding to the fact that the population is too high? What if he's responding to the fact that the wars in Westeros has caused some type of issue up north for his kingdom? Mm-hmm. And now he's coming down to deal with it. What if the problem was that they stopped giving him sacrifices? Yeah, the Craster thing. The Craster thing. Yeah. What if they failed to do it? What if, and this goes back to, what if the ancient Starks had promised him an offering? And that offering would have been Bran. And that's who he's coming to get. Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard something right? about like that. These all that. could have been, these are really cool ideas. Right? But again, it involves a level of sophisticated writing that I'm not sure we're at right now. Uh, and you really we'll don't see. see it on TV in general. I no. Like, so but. we'll we'll see. I think George R. R. Martin will go in this direction. Because George R. R. Martin doesn't like Sauron characters. Yeah. He doesn't believe in big bads. But then they're yeah. really playing it up as like the He is. They are, he's though. Sauron. Yeah. He's literally yeah. Sauron with his orcs. There's yeah. no rhyme. There's no reason. He's just a dark lord. They even hinted at the whole like, oh, he wants to kill Bran because he wants to wipe away the memory of life. Yeah. That's a ultra, some Ultron shit. Yeah, it's like, he, like, he yeah. hates his creator yeah. type yeah. shit. Like, come yeah, on. This is not as sophisticated, especially considering that in many ways, it's really a spit in the face of what they've been setting up for seasons one through four, which is that there are consequences. You do stuff, bad things happen, there's consequences to your actions. People, people making decisions is what fucks things up. And then we get to this point where Jon Snow meets in the dragon pit. And what does he say? None of this matters. We're all kids playing. There's all this whole thing. None of this matters. The real enemy is to the north. Well, if none of it matters, then that really defeats the whole point of life isn't about great battles. It's about decisions that people make. The fuck everything else. What what started this entire war? Which war? John Aaron's death. John Aaron's death. Who killed John Aaron? Uh, His wife. Little finger and his wife. Right? Like, that's such a great... Way to start a war. Just one really ambitious fucker working in the shadows. Make, it, make him believe that. And make made him believe it was a Lannister. Lannister. Starks and Lannisters are going to this great epic war. For what? One guy fucking with everything. Yeah. That's fantastic. That's George R. R. Martin at his finest. Yeah. Right? But then now we're being told by DB and Wise, none of that matters. There's a great evil we must fight. And that great evil is death. Uh, yeah. Hey, uh, also, Danny pissed me off this episode. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She was um. It's just like her fucking attitude. Like it's like this. You know, she's been like this bend the knee person before, and I understood that in the past. She's the one, in my opinion, who's had the least story arc. They've made it so that like her strength means her just growling words out and yeah. and being very cold and stiff. That's not story arc that that's not strength this is what makes cersei as much as i hate cersei so much more compelling yeah she's got emotion she's got feeling and some of it she learns how to control it but it's always there right whereas danny's always like let me stiffly repeat things i mean lita hetty is also a better actress she is a little bit no offense to emilia she's She's great great, lovely person but lena hetty is fucking knocking it out of the park she plays that like controlled like psychosis so yeah whereas danny you're just like come on danny yeah it's i don't know man it's just the, like her whole interaction with Sansa, and like her reaction to fucking Jon Snow. Yeah, that smile she did. 
Yeah. They became a meme, right? Yeah. Yeah. So white, the white person's smile. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, God damn it. Like, right. We've all seen that smile, right? She I mean, is. Amelia Clark is like the most, like I've seen her like, and she's like the most likable cast She's a phenomenally like, lovely person. Know, she's got right? a she's really amazing. expressive face. And so they make her really expressive eyebrows. Yeah. But they make her do this kind of like, I'll tell you the t- when I turned on her, I know the exact moment. She shows up in Marine yeah. and she gives this speech. In Miranese, uh, I went to Yunkai, and oh, they're yeah. now with. And if you watch her give that speech, she's just blandly reciting lines and acting imperious as if that's character development. That's not character development. There's a scene where she she goes nematos or whatever, like yeah. fire, and, they, and the way she says that just, just for me was so unbelievable. I went, nah, I'm over you. Yeah, she was the most interesting when she yeah. was with the, um, with Cal Drogo. I, I love the development early on. It just yeah. it really fell apart. Or even after Drogo died. Yeah, she there's went into a, Tarkar, there sure, was yeah. a lot there, and it just kind of it fell apart. I don't know. Hopefully, they'll redeem her character a bit. We'll see what happens yeah. with her and Jon Snow. Did you find that the some of the line like there were like a lot of feeder lines, like a lot so of a like, lot weird, of feeder like, lines. There was just like these like weird like static like little like. They're trying to be witty, or they're trying to like add something. Super but awkward. So, like, Some of the dialogue's a little off, I yeah. think. But overall, I mean, this is not a this was not a bad episode. It was a good emotional episode. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I had fun. I laughed a couple times. Yeah. How do you have two of your six episodes be set up? But episodes? you know, you could tell that they're there's. This is why I think it's six episodes. Is that they they're stretching at this point. If they're struggling. They should be at this point going, this should be a headlong rush. Yeah. I have six you episodes. Need clearing everything. You need to be yeah. clear. And by the time you reach episode six, you're yeah. right? So far, that's not been happening, which yeah. means that they are, they're stretching. Yeah. And if they're stretching, that means they're not. That's why it's six episodes, not eight episodes, not ten episodes. Yeah. But it's because they don't they ex- have the material. They extended the uh, length of the last three. I think because I think because they're they're no, just, they're, they're wrapping up the next four. They're ra- they're doing wrap ups, yeah. but I don't. They're they're they look like they're treading water a little bit. Yeah, that's just the reality of it. That's what I feel. Okay, let's wrap this up. Two things real quick. First, appreciation of Arya and Gendry having sex. The only realistic aspect of that is that. Medieval clothing is really difficult to take off, yeah, so it was yeah, actually kind of yeah, nice seeing yeah. those. Like, yeah. okay, it's a struggle because medieval clothing has a lot of lace, yeah. a lot of like yeah. tying things up, and it's like because generally, especially if you're wealthy, you never dressed yourself; someone else dressed you. Yeah. So there's like they did this a little bit with Brienne too, where she's trying to take off her armor, right? So yeah. you don't generally take off your own armor; someone else does it. Yeah. So it was nice to see like like because this is always a joke amongst medievalists. Like I, I never know how people like. Yeah. Have sex without planning it. Yeah, it's like you know, and we always in kind of contemporary depictions of sex, it's like it's moment of passion. Out, you just right? throw you like you can't rush to take your shirt off and your pants up, right? But that's very difficult to do if you're living in like medieval Tudor England because you're like, hold on, Un- like unbutton, unbuckle like six buckles on your on your leg, five laces on your back. It just doesn't work. So it's like. There's a lot of pre- this is why there was a the the term gentleman fluffer right that comes from an actual position originally okay. it was a it's a position now too, is, yeah but, but he was a, the, the fluffer is the or was known as the king's fluffer the king's page whose job was literally to undress the king so that the king could have sex that was his only job it was not he didn't deal with his dressing regularly it was just the, during the sex component 
and in particular he had helped a towel next so he would wait as the king was having sex right next to the bed with a towel to clean things up yeah. so that was his job that was a, that was a the, the, I mean, that's still the, the page a job. maybe not for not with a king anymore but the page but, you know, was, this is an actual <laughs> thing so because it was so complicated right yeah, so this is it was kind of nice I mean they did speed it up but it was kind of nice like, for Arya and Gendry to struggle a little bit also remember this is an era of cod pieces yeah I know it's not easy to cod pieces cod yeah. pieces it like what? covers the groin uh, yeah. it's like a cup like a that cup. you wore outside though yeah, like, very republic. All right, predictions, real quickly. Jorah's dead. I think so too. The arc, it's yeah. it's it's reached full yeah, conclusion. Yeah, because right? there's nothing else for Jorah to do in the story. He's in good standing with his queen. Yeah, came back. He's in good standing or semi good standing with yeah. his. He got family. saved once from a life threatening. Cathartic. We had this cathartic like, moment with him, his niece. Yeah. He ended up with Heartsbane, which I predicted. Is niece or his cousin? Niece, okay. cousin. Niece. His cousin, I think. Is it? No, she says cousin. She says cousin. Is she it cousin? Okay, cousin. cousin. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, he gets Heartsbane. Yes, his honor is kind of restored. Mm-hmm. So this is it. I mean, it's a good run. Yeah, it's a good run. But he's he's. He I saw, think he's he got to go. Tarly one more time. He's saw Tarly one more time. I think it's yeah. Time, it's yeah. it's good. We're good. I think he's dead yeah. for sure. Okay. I don't know how they're gonna get Bran out. That's my only yeah, issue. Like, that's not a particularly mobile wheelchair. Yeah, in fact, we issues. we saw in episode one what happens when no one pushes him. He just sits there yeah. and waits for Jamie for three days. Like, you would think that he would like work on maybe building his forearms up so he could yeah. wheel his own ass. It was something, but no, like, no. Yeah. So like, if they are, if the White Walkers are attacking, we see how fast people were running in the trailer. Yeah. What are you gonna do with Bran? Carry him, put him on your. Yeah, you'd have to like throw him on a dragon or a yeah. horse or something. But there's no like, put there's no wheeling his ass out of Winterfell. Put what him on a boat. Like, what if they? Hit there's him no down boat there? around there. Uh, yeah. Sex. What if they hit him down there, right? And the White Walkers just like forgot that he was just kind of hanging. Well, out he's not gonna. Be, he's gonna be in the Gonswood, but I know yeah. that there's gonna be a showdown between him and the Night King. Yeah, it has to be. I think that they're gonna they're gonna do something else about it though. I think. Yeah, I think that they're gonna set up this whole. John is going to make another dumb decision, I think, where he's supposed to use the the dragons. They're supposed to use the dragons to kill the Night King, yeah. right? They're gonna. That's why they're there to protect Bran, right? Mm-hmm. The Ironborn are there, and the dragons are nearby, so they could kill the Night King. That's the whole point. Is like they're not going to go and meet the enemy in the field. Uh-huh. I think Danny's going to get in some type of trouble, or something is going to happen, and he's going to try to rescue Danny. And that, is, as a result of that, Winterfell will fall. Yeah. The, the fall is not just that the, that John's going to make a decision, another dumb decision, yeah. military dumb decision, mm. for love. Yeah. Because love is the death of duty, right? Yeah. That's the theme of the Night's Watch. Oh, yeah. So I think that's going to play a role here. What else? What do you guys think? Uh, I think Brienne's gone. You think Brienne's gone too because she's got her, her full. Yeah, it's like she got her knighthood. Oh, her yeah. Done, Either her or like, Jamie, right? Yeah, it's like. Well, maybe both. Both, because yeah, right. I think Jamie. No, I think Less Jane, likely because yeah, the Cersei, Cersei thing still is unresolved. Maybe. I think yeah. Brienne might live, to be honest with you. I, you know, I, I, I just think they're like, setting her up for something bigger. Yeah. But, maybe she but you're right. Like I think, think you are like right. That yeah. her, or in terms of arc, her arc has reached its yeah. conclusion. I, if we were going just off of arc, but you never know with these writers, yeah. right? Yeah, and then, I don't know, Podrick. It's like, I think yeah, oh, someone yeah. mentioned Podrick. In the, one of you guys mentioned Podrick probably just because people like him too much. Yeah, I think the people who think Pod might die. They need like, there's always going to be there's going to be a maybe. death that that hits the heartstrings. I think sure. Tormund so, like, is the one that's going to hit if Tormund dies. It's going to be a rough one. But for me, me, I think those are my, my predictions have been Jorah. I'm pretty confident about Jorah. I could be Jorah would hit the heartstrings. I yeah. think Jorah. I'm confident about, but I also think uh, 
Masande or a Grey Worm. Oh yeah, one of them are gonna they're, they're die. Too likable. It's also. too likable. But you Kill know what? Worm, leave Masande. You know why? You know, oh god, she's literally the most beautiful. She is literally yeah, but flawless. You know why? Uh, I think that one of them is gonna die. Why? They had. They tried to have a happy ending. Oh, yeah, Last yeah, episode, yeah. they're like, "When this is over, we're gonna go sail to Narth." I'm like, "Oh, oh no, you made no, the classic not. decision, the classic mistake of Game of Thrones. The second you imagine a horizon, yeah. you die." And it's gonna be probably like, it's just like with uh, with Egret. Uh, yeah. We should have stayed in the in the cave, right? Yeah, in the cave thing. Yeah, it's gonna be it's that gonna whole be thing. That, also, oh, yeah, because like, the Valar Morghulis, all men must die. Yeah. So, but, but I'm not a woman, right? Or I'm not a man, right? So yeah. that, that's gonna play a part. I think. Grey Worm dies and it breaks Masande's heart, or Rasande dies, which is going to be even bigger but it's yeah. for Grey for Grey Worm because he's a soldier, right? Yeah. So uh, yeah, those two are having yeah. a tragic ending. Like, yeah. What if Grey Worm like he sees Masande die and he goes into like Hulk mode and he just fucking destroys everything? That'd be nice because we haven't really seen the Unsullied. That is be true. amazing. For being like the best army in the world, they really haven't done much. Yeah, we only saw a little bit when they took Casterly Rock. Yeah. And that's it. What about you? Thing. Predictions for you. So you you put your money on Brienne. Brienne I yeah. put my money on Jorah and maybe one Masande and Grey Worm. And you've put your money on who? Who's dead? Who's Mind dead? you, we could all they could all be dead. Let's be real. I guess we'll find out in the next episode, which we're recording in a couple of days. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no. I uh, I see like the everyone you guys said. So I see Brienne dying. I see Jorah dying. Because I think those two. You think hit. Danny and John make the make it out out of this episode? Really? I don't know if they make it out of the season, but they make it out of the episode. What about my boy Sander Clegane? The Hound? Sander, no, Sander's got a he's got a game ball. Yeah. Oh, that's true. He but needs what if to he, go but see I think maybe they both Gregor. kill each other, I think. Yeah. I or, think uh, or, or, I think, what about your your friend? Sir Davos? No. Derek, Dark Derek. Derek. Oh, yeah, Derek, Dark Dickery. Oh, yeah, no one, no one can revive him now. No, Barrett's Barrett's like, yeah, he's Barrett's lost his priest. Yeah, that, yeah, was a, that, was a, that was a game reference, right? Yeah, yeah, he yeah. lost your priest. Derek, Dark Derek gets killed by the Night King. You think Derek, Dark Derek gets killed? By the Night King. But at the end of the day, his purpose was nothing other than maybe save... Maybe he ends up saving John or something. Like that. Yeah, he yeah. gives him just enough time to fly away or something yeah, like that. Sure, like In the same way that that uh, Uncle Benjamin. Yeah. Right? The only purpose he served was last-minute saving of his family. Yeah, twice. Twice. So that maybe we'll true. see something along mm-hmm. that with Barrack Duck Derek. Benji. The, the because last Night Watch guy, the dude with the nose. Ed. Ed. Ed if Ed dies, right? that's yeah, going to be really Ed. annoying. I want Ed to like he's live the to the end. <laughs> you know why? Because he's been the only practical, honest, realistic guy the entire time. And more than anyone else, he's been ready to die. That's yeah. what I love about it. He's like, he's like, we're going to die. It is what it is. Life fucking sucks. Yeah. This guy should live. Say our watch has now begun. Yeah, like, I want this guy to live to a ripe old age because he's expecting death. That's like, yeah, yeah. let him let him hang out for a bit. It'd be interesting if they end up doing this thing where they're like they go for a soul girl and they're just like, fuck, we really could have used like a Sir Alistair in this situation and oh, we killed him, right? And then the freaking dis or the the headless corpse of Jano Slint comes and fucks up John. No, they burn John. Yeah, yeah. The Night Watch people do yeah, burn, burn everyone. They're smart, yeah. but we, I do think we are going to see some unexpected. Yeah, some dead that you're like, oh shit. I think. Like shit. Also, the, another prediction is I think the Stark crypts are going to be a bigger role. Either the crypts are not as safe as people think they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or that there's a or history the most then. Safe. Or they're the most safe. Yeah, like the Army of the Dead and Lord of the Rings. Yeah, the Army yeah, of like the Dead that and Lord of the Rings. Yeah, like that type of shit. Right. 
this podcast, I have a uh, something that I want to bring up that I think is, is interesting, tragic, and, and I think worth discussing. So recently I came across twi- on Twitter uh, the brother of the co-creator of Rocket Raccoon, Bill Montlow, who is the co-creator, uh, had a very tragic uh, background. He ended up uh, needing a lot of care. There was an incident that happened, um, and, and he's unable to care for himself, so he's in... Uh, rehab facilities, etc., uh, and and needs physical care. His brother Michael has dedicated himself to caring for his brother. Now, now Bill still gets uh, residuals yeah. from creating Rocket Raccoon, and he has enough finances that'll take care of him. But his brother has gone. Michael has gone bankrupt trying to care for his brother uh-huh. along with his own kind of because he's retired, uh, along with his own life trying to take care of him, dedicate himself fully to his brother. He's now put up a GoFundMe where he's really asking people for about $100,000. I think 50000 has been raised so far. 52, yeah. $52,000 has been raised so far. But this raises a, a very kind of interesting question here. Yeah, uh, Bill is receiving residuals for Rocket Raccoon, right? Yeah. Enough that, it, that his care is covered for. Mm-hmm. But clearly not enough that the family can take care of him. Right, they have to resign. They have to rely on their own money, their own credit cards, to to support themselves in order to help them. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, he can be at a facility, but he can never really come home, etc. Meanwhile, Rocket Raccoon has gotten huge. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. He's been adopted into movies. The movies are making billions of dollars. Yep. And the question is that none of that really goes back to the original creators. And this is not an uncommon issue in comic books uh, or even with Disney's uh, and and to be clear this is not a a directly exploitative relationship Bill is making money right Mm -hmm. he's got residuals but in comparison in relation in proportion to where Rocket Raccoon is he's not Right. Yeah. Whereas he's the co-creator. Now we often credit Stan Lee with creating a lot of our our kind of favorites, but Stan Lee often co-created with yeah. a lot of people. Uh, and there's plenty of comic book artists who and creators who created these fantastic characters that go on and live beyond their artists. And this is a very unusual relationship between kind of corporations and and creatives. What the creative creates ends up becoming owned by a corporation that can then do whatever they want with it. Mm-hmm. And while they, they, you know, compensate the creator, the writer, etc., it's never to the proportion that what the corporation is making right yeah this is a fascinating when we see this kind of kind of in a variety of industries but in particular in the nerd industry where there's a lot of collaboration there's a lot of kind of invisible work that's being done it's also even like nameless artists a lot of disney is made by what animators that never fully get credit for what they do it's like an animation team yeah that's true well you see that i think and in that field in general comic books i mean you know the, I mean the the big comic books like Marvel and DC. You know they have a structure that's a little bit different, right? But they do hire a lot of independent people, and heaven forbid that you're actually an independent, um, like an independent comic creator yourself. Um, I was reading an article today. This guy named this guy through Image Comics created this thing called Skull Kicker named Jim Jim Zubkovich, mm-hmm. and he talks about how the creation of the comic. It's like when it's all said and done. Like, if you were to sell and if you were to have to pay everything, all the expenses that kind of come with being a producer, you make about $30 a page. Mm-hmm. The comics are, you know, 15 to 20 pages a piece. Mm-hmm. So you really don't make, you know, you don't make a lot of money off that. And a lot of times you end up spending money. 
um, to kind of create your own artwork. Um, in this situation, I have a friend who actually works in uh, in video games also, mm-hmm. and they they do subcontracting work for for all the all the you know yeah. all the companies, a lot of indie companies too as well. They do this thing where all like his job is just to do water texture for every game. It's literally all he does. Mm-hmm. He's not typically employed by these companies, right? So he doesn't fit under the same umbrella of getting benefits or being paid, you know, like getting paid the proper wages and everything. He doesn't get any of the benefits of being, you know, a W-2 employee. Yeah, there's no, like, unionization and shit. And what sucks is that when it comes to, like, game release, he's uh-huh. working at least 13 hours a day to get it released. They're pushing him to do to work overtime. And then the second the game releases, they usually don't have enough money to keep them on anymore. So they literally fire these, these guys right after the game releases. Uh, so that's kind of the nature of like of, of gaming, game development, interestingly mm. enough, what I've been told. It's like this. It's a shit ton of work for like three months, more mm-hmm. so than you can ever actually handle. Mm-hmm. And then it's, and then after that, they literally just cut ties with you. Like, it's such a cutthroat thing. When it you is very good. It. Like, it's also, it's deeply exploitative, right? Yeah. Take the labor, take the work, you make the profit, screw that person over. Well, yeah. I mean, when you think of MMA, right, and like the UFC, you're yeah. not thinking of the fucking executives, right? No. The money isn't made by the executives. It's made by the fighters, right? Um, the fighters for the UFC are under contract, but they're under independent contracts. Yeah. So it's also important to note that the people that are making a lot of money are a very small sliver of oh, fighters. Yeah, sure, yeah. Sure. The vast majority aren't making that. Yeah, no, not so, even close. So uh, to, and when you're in the UFC, you're hired on as an independent contractor, right? That's how they get away with a lot of the shit that they do. So they, they don't have to give you insurance. The UFC does provide insurance to mm-hmm. its contracted fighters, which, hey, you know, it sounds great and all, but yeah, you're fucking working by like by training and learning how to fight and like honing your skill as a fighter. You have to pay your, your fighting team money. You pay your trainers money. You pay your coaches money. If you're a first-time fighter in the UFC, you know what your, your, your salary is? Mm-hmm. You need like three grand to fight. No, five, yeah, yeah. it's a little better now. Yeah. Five grand to show, five grand to win. So you make $10,000, right? Mm-hmm. And then it works your way up. You know, the, the, the more fights you have in the UFC, the, the higher it goes. But they've looked at it. So the NFL, between the players, the owners, and all that stuff, it's a 48 to 52% split, right? Mm-hmm. Players make 48%. Owners make 52%. Mm-hmm. Not the greatest thing in the world. Get it. In the NBA, it's 51% to the players, 49% to the, the owners. Mm-hmm. NHL, 50 50. Mm-hmm. In the UFC, it's because it's a privately owned company, they don't really know the exact numbers. But after they did, a, they sold, like Zufa sold the company to WMEING or whatever, mm-hmm. they looked at the numbers and it, it, uh, it was an estimated seven, estimated seven to ten percent mm-hmm. of the revenue goes to the fighters. The other ninety three to ninety percent is going to the UFC. Went to Zufa, yeah. Right? Like, think about it. You're the UFC made one hundred and fifty million dollars in twenty seventeen, which is considered one of their 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 best years, right? Yeah. Just just in pure profits. Yeah. The fighters that year, maybe the the top grossing fighter. Made maybe five million dollars. So it's Connor, is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is kind of a weird development in in capitalism, right? Is what we would call independent contract capitalism, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. This kind of bizarre development in which like your private uh, components of your life or the private aspects of your life, like your skills, then get contracted out 
into this capitalist system, but you don't receive the traditional structure of a corporation. So the corporation still exists, yeah. but you're not part of it. You're an independent contractor or a private contractor. And as a result, you don't get, for example, things like benefits, chance to unionize, yeah. any of that kind of stuff that generally comes with like all the years of all the, all the kind of uh, years of labor activism that pushed corporations to do this stuff, like regulations and whatnot. You work outside of it because you're not technically working for that company. You work for yourself, but you loan out, quote-unquote, your skills. You see this to a certain extent uh, with independent contractors in an artwork. You see this, obviously, in the case of the UFC, who are they separate people who then basically loan out or contract out their skills, right? Mm -hmm. But it's not just there. You see this this uh, kind of manifestation in a variety of different industries, the most famous being DoorDash, uh, Uber, uh, Uber and yeah. Lyft, uh, Postmates, etc. These are yeah. people who are taking their in individual's skill or their individual component of their life, which is what? Driving. Yeah. They're going to drive anyways. Mm -hmm. But then they hand that over to a corporation who makes the majority of the money and gives some of that money back to them in return for the illusion of freedom, right? That you technically aren't working for that corporation. You're mm -hmm. working for yourself, right? Right. You end up with less rights. You end up with less protections and you end up with less money. Mm -hmm. Right. You often hear that when you talk to people who are Uber drivers or Lyft drivers, oh, I love the freedom of it. I love when I can turn it on, I can turn it off. But they all note that they're not making a lot of money. Yeah. Right. That they don't have things like healthcare. They don't have things like, uh, you know, insurance in case something happens. They are basically private citizens, yep. not workers, who enter into a field contracted out. This is almost like a weird in domestic outsourcing that's happening. Yeah. Right. It's expensive to hire someone train someone, give them health care, give them benefits. It's cheaper to outsource and go to China. Now they're going, well, that's expensive. Let's outsource within the country, but outsource it to independent contractors. So this is like a what I call domestic outsourcing that's happening. Yeah. It's and it, and it kills industries, right? The the uh, taxi industry is dead. And I, I, you know, I'm one who, who saw the taxi industry really die. Um, there used to be, a, whenever I flew into John Wayne, Bless you. Excuse me. Right yeah. next to John Wayne, there was a little area where all the taxi drivers hung out. Yeah, yeah. And they would eat and food. They had food yeah, there. Was there. The, the, the taxi. There line. was a whole yeah. kind yeah. of community that developed, international, right? You'd had Ethiopians and Persians and Afghans and Indians, and they were all yeah. there, and they would they would talk with one another, but it would also change and exchange. That's gone. It's no longer there because now everyone lifts in Ubers, and there's a whole like that industries and it's happened. And we see now in Europe and other places that the government has had to step in. Uh -huh. And go, okay, we need to restrict and control Uber and Lyft to yeah. some extent in order to ensure that it doesn't fucking wipe out local economies. Yeah, yeah. there are cities that I've traveled to where they don't let Uber in because yeah. they're like, you guys It'll just are wipe destroying. Out. Yeah. And it's like, it, the money doesn't stay in the city. It goes back to mostly to Uber. Right? Yeah. And it's like, so taxi companies are local. Uber is not. Yeah. Right? And I, that's a big thing. I mean, as someone who, who, you know, I'm part of the gig economy. Yeah. Right? Like, that's that's something that I do on the side on top of my regular work. I can tell you, like, it's it's horrible. You know, it's, it's really bad. You don't make a lot, but it's like, if you have the time and you need to make that money, you're willing to kind of make the concessions. Yeah. The, the, the notion of freedom plays a big role into this, Absolutely, right? yeah. If I want to go and, like, DoorDash or whatever, like, I can if I have some free time, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. But at the end of the day, like, I can DoorDash for three hours and I can make 20 bucks. Like, it's not a great... The system isn't great. Yeah. yeah. And if you look at something like Amazon Prime, 
right? Which is uh, which is notorious for being oppressive to their workers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, there are articles that came out before about prime about prime drivers like not being able to use the restroom, like that well, there, like while they're driving. No, the, and that's yeah. another example of it, right? So, for example, uh, in the independent contract economy or in the gig economy, what ends up happening is that originally Amazon used what in order to ship things out? UPS, FedEx. UPS Postal Service, yeah. depending on what your services were, FedEx. Right? You'd get, in other words, they either worked with a corporation or they worked with employees. There were employees that that did it. Mm-hmm. But who who are drivers now? They're just regular people. Yeah, they're independent contractors. Yeah, right. you have people who literally. I mean, and I don't know if you guys have this around here, but you know, like those Lime scooters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so scooters now, where you you scan the app and they charge you like seventy cents a mile or whatever it is. Yeah. Right now, the way that that works is that they don't have they have the people who charge the scooters are also independent contractors. Yep. So they have to pick up the scooters in whatever truck they have. And they have to charge them in their own in their own houses. Yeah. So they pay the electric bill to charge those things, but they get paid a flat rate per scooter that they charge. Yeah. Right. And then like you get nothing out of that, and you also have the the issue of having to you know you're driving all places of the city that you don't mm. know where these scooters happen to be, yeah. and you're picking up and you're trying to get them all fixed and everything. With and this, yeah, like, what this structure fundamentally does is it it exploits ordinary people. The the capitalist relation was already exploitative as it is between worker and boss, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That's just the inherent nature of it. But what this does is it transforms everyone into a worker, mm-hmm. right? It's everybody who's picking up those uh, bikes. It's everybody that's shipping Amazon. It's everybody that's door dashing. It's everybody that's lifting. In other words, what you're going to end up having is you're going to have a work a population, a labor force that is made up of everybody who are all linked independently to corporations, therefore undoing the what? 70 80 years of labor rights activism yeah. all the kind of it's a it's a complete work around that but it's also in a complete democratization and expansion of the workforce everybody is a workforce because originally even quote-unquote unskilled labor right which has always been a very uh, complicated term yeah. even that requires skill unskilled labor is still skilled labor yeah, the, the the argument is that they're not craftsmen but if you've ever watched a line chef Mm-hmm. You've ever watched yeah, yeah. a busboy? You've ever watched someone doing any type of job? A, a custodian? A yeah. That's skilled labor. Yeah. yeah. The ordinary person can't do it. Capitalism already killed skilled labor. Mm-hmm. It erased That's the true. craftsman, artisan class, right? Yeah. Then it created the unskilled labor force. Now it's going to kill the unskilled labor force by creating a non, a non-skilled, yeah. a, or I don't even know what to call it, but a completely different workforce that is That's everybody. Casual skilled right? labor. Because yeah. I mean, it, I often note this, that taxi drivers know how to drive. Yeah. Yeah. They know what they're doing. You might be scared as shit in that car, but they know what they're doing. Yeah. And they Uber drivers roads. don't. No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. I can tell you how many times I've gotten into because I, I have to Uber for when I go to conventions, same. right? And I go in there. Well, I left, but still. Yeah. Or whatever it is. Yeah. Right? yeah. Whatever, same shit. Whatever yeah. ride share. Yeah. yeah. Ha- same shit. To be. But like, there's always a point where you're kind of like, what the fuck is this person doing? Yeah. Where? And I'm like, that's just some random jamoke in a car. Yeah. yeah. And these, like, and when it comes to taxis, there was like an understanding, like, all right, this guy's a grizzled old warrior of the road, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, there's like a certain level, like, like he's, he's a veteran of some sort, yeah. right? Like this guy, accidents. He's road. like, he's he does the daily warfare that is traffic. Yeah, and like the dude knows it because he drives the same route every single time. Yeah. He knows every, where all the good stuff yeah. is because he's been there for years, yeah. right? And there was like a. 
there's a certain level of under and then also as as ridiculous as it sounds there's a comfort in seeing the ID back there and the whole like the whole, official like, those, the official stuff. Well, I mean, this is the the rise of crime associated with Uber is that people think someone's an Uber driver, but they're not. Oh, yeah. Multiple times this has happened now when people get into a car that yeah. they think is their Uber driver, but it isn't, and ends up uh, a young lady just got killed as a result of this, yeah. right? Yeah. It's like so you she put a sticker up on your yeah. <laughs> and, and some some of them don't even have that, right? Yeah. Some of them do. But this is the thing about it. There is a sort of official process that exists with a taxi, right? Yeah. The taxi also exists fundamentally as the denizen of the streets. You ask the taxi driver for directions. You ask what the good pizza place is. You yeah. ask what I should be doing in the city. Guess what? They fucking know. That's true. Right? Because they are a product of that city. They yeah. exist in that city. They are, a, you know, they're that denizen, whereas the Uber driver is not. And in many ways, Uber driver is as strange as you are. Even if they've been living there forever, every time I talk to an Uber driver, they, they don't know shit. Yeah. yeah, right. A lot, no go, I, a lot of them go. I, I don't live in the city. I live. In the I suburb. live somewhere I don't else. Live out yeah, here. yeah. Like so that that this is a kind of fascinating, and I think to some extent the the nerd community may have been a precursor. The subcontracting, the independent contracting, yeah. the kind of work that we saw in there. Now, again, it's a little bit different of a relationship. More often than not, the artists did work for a company. Mm-hmm. But it's a very kind of like they would be worked for a series. They'd be like, all right, you're going to do the Wolverine series for the next, you know, 10 issues. And then after that, you, you're gone. Yeah. You yeah. go elsewhere. So it was like a semi-contractual, semi-gig yeah. economy. You, were, you weren't actually employed. Yeah. And yeah. so I think in some extent we see that early manifestation now really working its way out expanding into the big companies expanding into amazon there's going to be a day where you don't have a job yeah where it's contracted out to somebody else you know a a kind of another version of geek squad if you will right well i think the art community definitely because basically what they did was they found a way for big corporations to use commission structure against like against the artist right and and this is the, the most this is kind of the most basic principle it's like if I want to pay a kid 20 bucks to mow my lawn, I can, right? Mm-hmm. It's easy for me. It's easy for him. Yeah. yeah. And we don't have to worry about anything outside of that. Yeah. Uber came in or the gig economy came in. We can do the same thing, technically. But now a corporation's doing it. But now, it. Like, now we can do it over millions of people yeah. and we can take that profit, yeah. right? And there's no accountability there. Exactly. DoorDash, as much as I use it, and we all use it here, right? Uh, and for its convenience, because it was so fucking convenient. Is one of the worst companies. People talk about like the his the CEOs are constantly in trouble. Yeah, mm-hmm. the owner is constantly in trouble, but he does just doesn't give two shits because he knows there's what are you going to do about it, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, he's got competition with Postmates and all this other stuff, but the, eats, yeah. the fucking convenience. I'm like this too, right? I'm a hypocrite here. I fucking hate Amazon with a passion. The way that they treat their workers. If I had it my way, I would I would break up Amazon. Mm-hmm. But I also order from Amazon. I have no choice. The convenience of being able to order books that are not available in a bookstore. Yeah, or in your area. Or in my area. Yeah. And I mean, as someone, because I door dashed for a while. And Mm -hmm. I can tell you, like, you really don't make any money off of it at the end of the day. Um, And they're constantly, they're in a weird thing now where it's like, I think they're they're hurting for drivers because they're constantly texting me going, hey, we want you to drive and we'll give you extra money for it. It's not enough to, like, really help at the end of the day. You should keep, you should should tease them. Yeah. I'm like, oh, man, I'll turn it on. And I'll turn it off again. <laughs> I have a whole thing. But there was, uh, that's also, you look at a website like Fiverr or a website like yeah. 99designs. Yeah, yeah. And it's like these other ones who are like these, like, uh, are um, these sites that basically what they do is they allow artists to list their own their own artwork, right? The problem is, though, it's like, and a lot of people don't realize this, a lot of the times those sites make it so once you upload it and they start selling for you, you don't own the artwork anymore. 
Yeah. Right. They're able to do what they want with the designs after that. Yeah. You know, and it's like you're literally you're 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 giving your creativity for what is quite frankly is a very discounted price. Yeah. Um, for a little bit of quick cash now, hopefully, because you think that maybe the big advertising machine behind these sites yeah. will get exposure. Yeah. Right. And exposure doesn't doesn't it's pay never rent, yeah. you know, like yeah. yeah. It's an intern model. We'll give you experience, but yeah, we won't pay it. Bullshit. All right. Is. Let's uh let's end here. I think it's a this is a very interesting topic that we're going to have to revisit a few times because this is our f- near future and our future, right? We're going to have to contend with this new kind of economy that's emerging. That's that's the app world has really taken to another level but we see its precursors and the experience here we have with rocket raccoon and the kind of exploitative relationship between between corporations and artists and creatives and whatnot so we'll be revisiting this topic uh we'll be releasing another episode very soon <laughs> about game of thrones so look out for that one as well as our review of uh, avengers and game all right Diz, why don't you take us out yeah you can find us on facebook facebook.com slash currently nerdy twitter at currently nerdy instagram at currently nerdy tumblr currently nerdy.tumblr.com YouTube, youtube.com slash currently nerdy. Uh, we're on Stitcher, Google Play, and the iTunes podcast app. Please subscribe, leave us a five star rating and review. If you want to get a hold of us individually, you can. V, I got to get a hold of you. Find me on uh, Instagram and Twitter at VTRAN214. That's V Y T R A N 214 on my website at thesandwichslayer.com. You can catch me on my website at aliolomi.com, on Instagram and Twitter at A A O L O M I, or on my sister podcast, our sister podcast, Head on History. Diz. You can find me everywhere at Dizbullet. D I Z B U L L A H. For everyone here at Currently Nerdy, thank you for tuning in, and remember, stay smart, sexy nerds. And all hail the Currently Nerdy Empire.